Our view was to build our own personal wealth through property because that gives us the ability to create an income that doesn't need us, which means you have time. And when you've got time, then you can put your energy into things that you really care about. Welcome everyone to Do Well and Do Good. You're here because you have the desire to create financial freedom, but you also want to make a powerful, positive impact on the world. This podcast exists to tell the inspiring stories of men and women who have achieved both, people who do well and do good. I'm your host, Dorothy Ilson, and I'm here to help you discover proof that individuals have the ability to make a massive impact. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Do Well and Do Good podcast. Before I introduce today's guest, if you've been listening to the show for a while, or even if this is your very first episode, I want to hear from you. It is so much fun to connect with listeners of the podcast, and I would love the opportunity to find out where you found this show and to thank you personally for taking the time to listen. You can send me a DM on Instagram at Dorothy Ilson. That's D-O-R-O-T-H-Y-I-L-L-S-O-N. Or if you head to dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook, there you'll find a link to join our free Facebook community and you can find my profile and shoot me a message that way. Now, without further ado, today's guest is Bushy Martin. I'll tell you a little bit about Bushy, but what you will see come through plain as day in our conversation is that this man truly has a heart of gold and giving is simply at the forefront of everything he does. Okay. So who is Bushy? He is a property and finance expert, author of the Freedom Formula, host of the Get Invested podcast, and founder of No how, a company that has helped over 1,700 families in Australia to live more, work less, and secure their future safely and affordably. But that doesn't even begin to cover the coolest things about Bushy. See, the world loses over 1,800 children a day due to contaminated water, but Bushy is putting his company know-how to work to reduce that number. His goal is to give a million days of life-saving water to families in need through his Day for a Dollar campaign, which you will hear all about in this episode. I know you're going to be as inspired by this conversation as I was, so here's my chat with Bushy Martin. Bushy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, likewise, Dorothy. I've been really looking forward to catching up. Good. Well, Bushy, let's dive straight into your story. See, when I was preparing for our conversation today, I read that your father actually had a massive impact on how you view work. So I'd love to start there. Could you share with me you know, what life was like growing up for you as a kid and what sort of mindset around finances and work that your dad instilled in you back then? Yeah, it's it's probably mum and dad, Dorothy, and it was it was quite different actually because uh, mum was one of these people, country girl. She wouldn't sleep if you owed if she owed you five cents. So she had a mentality around money that you if you couldn't afford it, you didn't have it, and lived re- very lean. She sort of came out of those uh, depression years in in good old country Australia. Dad was similar, but dad had a slightly different view, which took me a long time to get my head around. In his, his world, leverage was an important thing, which he, he learned later in life. But I guess like, like many 
hardworking Aussies that the work ethic was very much work hard, get a family, put your money into super, and then tick off your bucket list when you retire. Dad was very much a workaholic, and he was my model. He was he was he was my role model, really. I looked up to Dad enormously, and very much followed the same road. So, I became an architect. I I had this. Uh, dichotomy, Dorothy. I was always a very creative child and a lot of that because I had ill health. I spent a lot of time in bed because I'd had really chronic asthma. Born with a hair lip, so I spent a lot of time in and out of hospitals early on. And my way of overcoming that was just to draw. I always had a pencil. I always had something in my hand, creating something, designing something. And I so always gravitated towards art. But dad would always say, mm, yeah, that's really good, son. But you got to get a real job. So in my little little brain, it was like, how can I combine my creativity with something that dad would say, yeah, that's my boy, become an architect. It was a pretty obvious, obvious choice, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I dived into architecture and, and loved it. It's an awesome profession, but it's an absolutely crap business here in Australia. It's what I call the Van Gogh profession. You're, you're sort of famous when you're dead sort of routine, yeah? <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yes. And in the meantime, you eke out this existence because people don't pay for creativity because everyone thinks they are an architect at the end of the day. Oh, how, how, how hard can it be to design a house, right? And there's a, obviously a lot more to it. So what comes out of that environment are two things. You end up working seven days a week, 14 hours a day, because that's what you need to do to get something done. But you also become a perfectionist in that because you're designing the world effectively, it doesn't stop when you finish work. So you become very, actually quite critical of the world around you. So you're working seven days a week, you're burnt out, you're quite critical of what's going on. What happens? Your health crashes. And that's exactly what happened to me. My health crashed. I lost my marriage. Uh, it's, that's the hardest thing that I've um, faced in my life, Dorothy, uh, was uh, seeing my marriage, my first marriage go under because... I was so all-consumed with work. And that happened at a time when dad's health crashed. So it's funny how you know, there's that thing that things happen in threes. I was burnt out. I'd burnt my marriage. Dad had his first of a series of strokes at a time when he was about to start enjoying this golden years that he'd spent all of his life working for. And he grabs me by the collar and he says... Um, I'll never forget this because he was paralyzed down one side, almost dribbling down one side of his face. Son, you need to wake up to yourself. Have a look at me. Stop following my model. It's time you stopped working for money and started getting money to work for you. And uh, that was a real an epiphany really for me. It's like, okay, I really need to shake myself up here. And I was, I was looking at myself in the mirror anyway, given what had just happened with my marriage. At about the same time, I went to, and you would have heard this name mentioned a lot of times, I ended up going along to a Robert Kiyosaki talk. Yes. Here in good old Adelaide. And uh, the light bulb went on around the importance of passive income or creating income that doesn't need you to do it. And because I had an interest in property, I'd, I'd spent 17 years in architecture and project management in property. It became a logical thing for me then to say, okay, well, I'm going to start investing in things that give me an income and grow in value that don't necessarily need me there 24-7 to make that happen. And the real blessing, Dorothy, of that 
and this is where my father's words were so wise. But over three, four years ago now, my good mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, man, it was, uh, I can't even put in words the devastation that uh, happened to mum as a result of that because mum was one of these bright, bubbly, love life. Everyone loved mum. Over the course of 12 months, it took her personality, it took her heart, it took her soul, it took her enjoyment, and then it took her life. It was just terrible, but... But but because of I'd taken on dad's words, I actually had the opportunity to take the time to spend with mum because we'd invested in things that I, I then had much more time on my hands. So I pretty much took 12 months out to be able to spend quality time with mum, to have all the conversations that you normally don't get an opportunity to have, to say all the things that you want to say and have the blessing of Allowing mum to die with dignity at home in her own bed with myself and my brothers around her was pretty special. And that none of that would have happened if it hadn't have been for dad grabbing me by the collar and saying, it's time you started thinking differently. So, yeah, so I'm pretty blessed, Dorothy. Uh, if I look back on it, that each of those challenges has actually been a, an awakening point. So it's, you know, what's that book by Ryan Holiday? Yeah, the obstacle is the way. I, I, he's absolutely right. Your biggest learnings come from your biggest challenges. That's an amazing book. Well, so Bushy, I'm curious to know kind of what happened in between these two things. So your, your father says this to you and, you know, I'm sure in a lot of ways, it's easy for people to feel stuck, you know, when they're in that place of working seven days a week, just grinding it out. How did you start to make that transition once you realized you didn't want to live your life this way? What did you do? Uh, I'll tell you what we did. The very first thing we did, Dorothy, and I was lucky enough to meet my now wife, Sonia. And I need to say this, Dorothy, because you're talking to me about what I've done. Well, it's not what I've done. It's what Sonia and I have done. Sonia's a very humble, shy person, so she, she would never be here talking to you because she's just a person who would rather do things for others and help others without any acknowledgement. But I can honestly say that without Sonia, we wouldn't be enjoying the life we are now and having the gift of being able to give to others and help others to do the same. And what I mean by that is when we, when we got together, Sonia and I very early in the piece sat down on a Sunday afternoon, I'll never forget this, we sat down on a Sunday afternoon and we said, okay, how do we want to live? What impact do we want to make on the world? How do we personally want to live? What does that lifestyle cost? And then what do we need to create to be able to do that? So it's, it, it was really the learnings from architecture. In architecture, you design the future and then you work back to today and then step by step, you build this thing so that you, you can then see it. So being a very visual person, we put some real shape around exactly how we wanted to live and, and the things that we wanted to do. One of the driving forces for Sonia and I is to help the voiceless and the innocent because they have no choice and they have no voice. And what I'm talking about here are animals, so, our, so pets and animals, children, and quite often the elderly. And they're in a situation where they have a right to enjoy life, but because of circumstance beyond their control, they have very little ability to influence that. What we came up with is a concept of what we call golden smiles. And golden smiles, ultimately, and this is, we're still working our way towards this, Dorothy, 
is to try and solve a number of problems. And one of those is to bring together abandoned pets with the forgotten elderly in our community. Now, I don't know what it's like in the States, but here in Australia, there's a lot of elderly people who are pretty much living in in their homes with no family support, a very lonely, depressing existence uh, at a time when they really should be enjoying everything that they worked hard to do. And at the same time, uh, we've got, I don't know what the numbers are like in the States, but here in Australia, there's over 200,000 abandoned pets put down each and every year. We've seen them. We, we, foster, uh, we foster dogs. So we've got four rescue Samoids. We, we love the Samoid breed. They've just got this permanent smile. But if you walk into some of those shelters, it's like death row. You're like walking along and there's these dogs with these massive eyes of uh, looking at you longingly and they know that each and every day there are dogs that disappear out of the cell next door never to return. For no fault of their own, they've been put in a situation where their life could be taken away from them. And there's a, there's a lot of these dogs who are quite elderly themselves. So, you know, the rescues that we've got, we've got two out of the four are, one's 11 and one's 13 and a half who've had a life and then they've been given away for whatever reason. Well, what if we can create a world where we can give those dogs the companionship that they need, put them together with the elderly and create a support structure where both the dogs and the elderly, if they need relief, are able to uh, have some respite from that exercise. So their veterinary and their health needs are all looked after. That's what Golden Smiles is all, all about. So so that's the, that's the pinnacle for us. So if we break that down into where are we at now, our view was to build our own personal wealth through property because that gives us the ability to create an income that doesn't need us, which means you have time. And when you've got time, then you can put your energy into things that you really care about. And I'm, I'm meandering here a fair bit, Dorothy, but the I guess the ultimate thing that we've learned is that Real fulfillment comes from giving to others. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. It's almost a selfish feeling, Dorothy, that the sense, the feeling you get when you help someone else for no other reason that you want to improve their life. Selfishly, you get a, an awesome sense of well-being out of doing that. And uh, we want to do more of that. So what we did once we got ourselves going in relation to our own property portfolio, a lot of people were, kept asking us, what are you doing? How are you doing this? So we, we thought, okay, there's an opportunity to help others to do the same. So we started to build our own business around that. And we now do three things. And, and when I, our business know-how stands for creating happy homes. And it's happy homes in three levels. The first level is if you come to me, we'll, we'll create happiness, your first golden smile by, by giving you home ownership. Then from there, we want to give you life ownership. And we do that by helping you to build a property portfolio. So that's your second, that's getting a bigger golden smile. But that all feeds into our ultimate golden smile, and that is to take the, the results of what we're doing with the business to then funnel that into creating this for-profit ultimately that will then enable the abandoned dogs and the elderly to enjoy their twilight years together. So does that make sense? Yeah, that's absolutely amazing, Bushy. I'm, you know, I'm curious though, so... Building wealth through property investing, that's obviously something that takes time. So what was that transition like for you from being an architect you know, in those workaholic days to 
starting to build your portfolio, you know, obviously that wasn't something that just happened immediately. How did you bridge that gap? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's something that, that because we had a really clear picture in our mind of how we wanted to live and how much is enough. And I'll keep coming back to that because it's a question that not many people ask themselves. And the reason for that is if you're clear on how you want to live, and then I'm getting down to what's your perfect day, perfect week, perfect month, perfect year look like, really easy to monetize that. And then once you monetize that, it's very easy to work backwards to what level of wealth stroke passive income do we need to create that's going to generate that? Because once you're there, that's game over. That's not chasing wealth for the sake of wealth. It's not continuously chasing this, this mountain of gold just because it's there. If you're clear on it, then all of a sudden, anything in addition to that can be put towards helping others, which is that fulfillment. So early on, it was really tough. Yes, it was. So if we go right back to the start of the journey, what Sonia and I did progressively was one of us would work to pay the bills. So we'd have a job to pay the bills while the other was building an element of the business. So the, our first foray was to, uh, while we were starting to accumulate our initial properties, we weren't very happy with the quality of property management. So Sonia established and grew a very good property management business. They're really good. I mean, I'm biased, obviously, but she was ex- <laughs> exceptional at what she did with that. And when that got to the point where it was uh, then able to pay our bills. I jumped ship out of what I was doing. I, I was doing um, consulting to government in project management. And so that was paying the bills then. And then we changed batons. So I then built the finance and property arm of our business while we were doing that. And then we sold the property management business uh, a bit over two years ago so that Sonia and I now w- actively work in the know-how business because that gives us the horsepower be able to do the things that we want to do to make an improvement in the world. So the things that you mentioned, the save a dollar to save a life exercise that we're doing, which we're just looking at as we've gone along the journey, we've we've always given, but what's happening is the volume switch is turning up. We're only able to ever do so much early on and we've always done what we can. So we rescue dogs, we foster cats in between. We became foster parents to a uh, Down syndrome boy, Brandon, who became our surrogate son. So we've always wanted to do things as we go along and, and, and really little things. The thing we've come to realize is the little things can make a massive impact. So if we're walking along the street and we see, see someone homeless, we'll go and buy them a cup of coffee or we'll go and buy them a, a meal. Just don't say anything, just come up and give it to them and, and wish them a good day. There's so many little things that you can do. I, I remember a time um, we've got property in the States uh, we jumped on the plane after the GFC and we bought some property in the United States when it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do that. And I'll never forget, we visited a lot of the country and we went to Detroit and there was one lunchtime we rocked up to a um, supermarket. It was a, a big retail shopping center, really, almost empty. And we were having some lunch and there was a homeless guy there who was really suffering. This, this is, we're talking minus 10 degrees. It was around January, so freezing. And this guy was in pain. So I just bought him a meal and took it over to him. And God was in tears. Absolute. He was in pieces, actually. And what did it cost me? 10 bucks? I mean, <laughs> just nothing, right? It's amazing how little it takes to really make someone's day, make their week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, I guess it's those little things that infuse everything. So our whole, 
our whole business ethos and know-how has been built around that. So our, our ethos is we want to create happy homes because if you create happy homes, you create happy lives. And if you create happy lives, then you create happy communities. So uh, there's a natural progression there in creating a world family by family, really, home by home, that's going to make an impact. So, so the Golden Smiles campaign, this is really your long-term vision for um, you know, supporting the elderly and, and pets. But then the Dollar uh, for a Day campaign, now this is something that is really built into your very business model with know-how. So could you talk a little bit about how that program works, what you're doing with that campaign and kind of where the whole idea came from? The know-how business, as I say, is about creating golden smiles. So uh, knowing that the long-term goal is what we've spoken about, what are the other things that we can be doing in the meantime that can have a meaningful impact? And we've been racking our brains for a while on, on a simple way of making that happen. And I was lucky enough to rub shoulders with uh, Harvey Penney. I think you've already interviewed on the podcast and he's in the accounting space and uh, he was telling me what he was doing around a similar initiative to save people tax and then to turn that into life-changing impacts and it's like bingo here's a really easy way for us to be saving people money directly by refinancing their home loans and for every dollar that we save you then we can contribute a day's worth of life-saving water to someone in need in Ethiopia. And B1, G1 is the glue, or buy one, give one, is the glue that actually pulled that all together. And, and it's what I love about it is it's given us an opportunity to communicate a giving message to our clients, doing something that we do anyway, like we're doing this all the time, but all of a sudden it elevates in their consciousness that what they're doing is actually helping someone else who's less fortunate than themselves. And the the giving ethos that comes out of that because our, our business goals, I, I should talk about our, our values uh, and what our beliefs are because that's pretty fundamental to everything that we do and we measure everything against those, Dorothy. And our, our values, that we call them our gold values because it relates to golden smiles, but gold breaks down into the four letters. G is for generosity. So it's giving in everything that we do. We're always very generous with our time and our energy, both internally and externally. I was for openness. So it's being vulnerable, it's being honest, it's having the conversations. That's really important. L is for leading. So it's leading by example and showing others the way and how to lead. And when we talk about leadership, our leadership is all about serving others. It's creating a a circle of safety where people can thrive and prosper in because they know making mistakes is actually okay and, and actually make mistakes are learning opportunities. So the openness is pretty key. And then the final one is diversity, embracing and celebrating change and difference. And if you put all those together, then you've got a, an ethos and a culture that's all about trying to help others achieve what they want to achieve in life. It's just amazing, Bushy. And I think what's so cool about this whole story is, like you said, the chain reaction that, that occurred here. So Paul Dunn, who uh, he is episode 32 of the podcast. You can go back and listen to him. He founded this organization, Buy One, Give One, that gives businesses this platform through which to give back. Then Harvey Penny, episode 38, you can go check him out as well. You know, he took advantage of, of B1G1 and then 
is, you know, the way that you discovered this. And so it's just such an amazing chain of, you know, one person seeing another person doing something amazing and being inspired to do the same. And I think what is also so incredible about the whole buy one, give one philosophy is that it's not something that, you know, you need to sit around in a conference room at the end of the year and say like, okay, how much are we going to donate? It's something that is just completely integrated into the way that you do business, which like you said, also draws your clients into it in a really powerful way so that they feel like they are making an impact. It's just the coolest thing. It's really cool. I mean, I I do what's called a bush bite which is every week I do a really quick Facebook live on something that might be of interest to people around the property and finance arenas. And because we've now got a goal of giving 1 million days of life-saving water by uh, June 30 next year. It's early on. So we've only started this campaign, I think it was three or four weeks ago. We're at 62,000 days as we speak, right? In three or four weeks, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. Which is really good. And we've got a long way to go. So that's about 6% of the way through the journey. But what it's doing is it's giving me an opportunity. Several things have happened already. The team is seeing how just by saving some someone money on the home loan, it, it's actually having a real impact in areas where clean water is something I don't know about you, but have you ever had to worry about catching something from drinking a glass of water? Never. It wouldn't even have to cross our minds. Not even a thought process. Yet in Ethiopia and other areas of the planet, people have got a really sad choice. And that is drink a killer cocktail of really feral water that could kill them or dehydrate. And to get that really feral water, potentially walk hours a day there and back to get a very scant supply. Now, already we're, we're seeing the team, it's empowered and given a purpose to what we do. I mean, refinancing home loans is not a very exciting thing. It's not. But saving lives as a result of that is, is an awesome thing. And when you start to give freely and show people how you can do that, then it lifts their and challenges them to do the same. Because if we're helping people, then they start to feel comfortable about being able to uh, do that as well. So it's a, it's a, I, I just love it. I reckon it's, a, it's an awesome culture to grow. It is. I mean, it's just such a horrific problem. I mean, the numbers are staggering. I mean, I know in the information you sent me, it said that 663 million people have no access to clean water. And you, know, you talk about making this choice between dehydration or drinking, you know, the killer cocktail as you called it. But I mean, imagine having to make that choice for your child. You know, do you give, you know, your your newborn a drink of water or or let them it's just an impossible choice. It is an impossible choice. And it's something that just shouldn't happen in our day and age. There's no excuse, I don't believe. Uh, and this is where I love what buy one give one uh, linking in with these types of uh, groups like the uh, Well Wishes Trust, which is who we're diverting our energy into because they are building sustainable wells in these areas that are giving them local access to really good clean water. And you mentioned the stat before, 1,800 children a day dying of diarrhea and other related diseases that come directly from drinking foul water. Scary concept. 
Yeah. What I think is is just so powerful about your story as well is that you know, you're making an impact in so many different arenas. So, you know, not only are you, you know, helping to provide clean water through um, you know, your your partnership with B1G1, but you know, you're also just through the operation of your business, you're helping families to have a more secure retirement, to really live you know, a, a great lifestyle that isn't just spending 50 years in the rat race and then retiring on, on pennies. And I know you, your book, the, the Freedom Formula, not only does that teach people how to use property investing to create a more fulfilling life, but you also donate proceeds from that book. Is that right? Yeah. So this is a, a small step towards a golden smiles exercise, Dorothy. So proceeds of the book go to a group called Hope Springs Eternal. And their program is called Living Rough and Doing It Tough. What that group does is for someone who is about to or who just becomes homeless, they keep their pets with them and they care for the health and hygiene of the pets. Then the reason they do that is twofold, because most of the time when someone's about to become homeless, their pet's taken away and it's put down. That's one. Two, the homeless are then quite often totally on their own uh, with no companionship, no love, no affection whatsoever in their world. So living rough and doing it tough, keep the pet with the homeless. And it's been proven, there's, there's lots of evidence of this, where if someone has companionship and they have hope and they therefore have belief and they have a reason to live, if you've got a pet who's dependent on you, you're much more likely to be motivated to keep that pet healthy and more likely to be able to put yourself in a situation where you start to improve your position. So there's a, there's a whole host of benefits that come out of that. And it's just such a simple thing again. I mean, I've written the book. I've put a lot of energy into the book. The book's not something that's an income generator for us. We don't need it. So the proceeds of the sale of the book are, are going to help that group, which is starting to make an impact that will ultimately roll into our long-term goal of creating that the greater golden smiles. And it's another chain reaction. You know, just like we've been talking about, you know, not only are you solving the immediate hurt of the pet not getting euthanized, but it is kicking off, uh, you know, this whole this whole sequence of events and experiences and and feelings for that person where now they do have something to care for, something outside of themselves to motivate themselves to, um, you know, to strive to improve their situation. So Bushy, I honestly am just incredibly inspired listening to you and, you know, how you have dedicated yourself to so many important causes. And, and really, it's only the start, you know, your ultimate goal is just absolutely unbelievable. So I want to first thank you for everything that you've shared with me today. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. So I'd like to move into what I call the impact round. So I'm going to ask you a series of short questions and I'd like for you to basically respond with the first answer that pops into your head. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. All right. So who has been the most impactful person in your journey to do well and achieve financial success? Yeah, it's my good wife's father. George Nagy. He was a living legend. He's passed away now. He passed away two years ago. He's a Hungarian refugee who broke out of the Russian Revolution in the 50s, arrived in Australia with nothing but the shirt on his back. And what he managed to achieve, 12 kids, and I could spend half an hour talking about him, but the fearlessness, the limitless approach he had to life, 
because his first memory he shared with me, and he didn't talk about this much, was to see his father put an axe through the back of a Russian soldier's head who was about to machine gun his family and then bury the body under the kitchen floor. Wow. So when you enter the world that way and then land in a land of opportunity like Australia where there, you can do what you like, if you want to go hard, you can. The courage, the fearlessness and that limitless that he bring to the table were absolutely inspirational to me. And, and that happened soon after my marriage went belly up when I was re-looking at life anyway. So uh, absolutely inspirational in terms of the journey that we've now been on. He sounds like an amazing man. And Bushy, who has been the most impactful person in feeding your drive to do good and make an impact? There's a lots of those. I, I think um, if we look historically, I, I'm a massive reader. So Gandhi, Mandela, they're, they're the big names in that space. But if I look day to day, it's the heart and soul of my wife, Sonia. She's just the most giving person that you would ever come across. She gives and gives and gives in ways that a lot of people don't even, they don't even know that she's done it. That humility is something that always has and always will inspire me. I'm, I'm very blessed to be uh, sharing my life with her. Then when you're having a bad day or you find yourself in a negative headspace, what do you do to get yourself out of the funk? Do you have any practices that work for you? I've got some great ones. Uh, one of the ones that if I really am in a funk, I'll put on my favorite music and dance like an idiot. That's the first thing I'll do. I'll just dance around the kitchen uh, looking like a complete idiot, but that just changes my mood straight away. Uh, it's, uh, music really moves me. I um, started teaching myself piano a couple of years ago, and that half an hour I spend on the day on the piano is just puts an absolute glowing smile on my face, Dorothy. So music a big motivator. And if, if I can't do that, then it's do something physical. So I'll either go to the gym, I'll go for a walk, take the dogs for a walk. Uh, it's amazing how just getting outside and getting in nature and just soaking in and just enjoying the moment can instantly change your thinking. And gratitude's a big part of that. So if I'm having a downer, then taking five minutes out and just saying thank you a hundred times for something can immediately change your thinking around where you're at. And Bushy, what book do you find yourself recommending to people most often? There isn't one single one, actually, because I've got a library of books, Dorothy, and I've always got four or five on the go. And so I normally recommend books based on where someone's at rather than, and there's probably not one book that I think encapsulates everything. There is, is one though that I think uh, is foundational in your thinking and that's The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Not sure where you, whether you've read it. I haven't read that one, but I've heard several people talking about it. So it's definitely on my list. Could you give us just a brief overview? This one quote probably sums up and it's a quote that's important to me and that is that life is a curved construction. Time is the builder and your choices are the architect. What I love about that, uh, obviously appeals to my architectural background, but uh, the real message from the slight edge is that sustainable success in any endeavor, it doesn't matter what it is, takes 15 to 20 years. So if you embrace time as your friend, not your foe, and then you start implementing what I'll call happy habits, so little things that you do every day that are taking you closer towards where you want to be, then exponentially over time, amazing things happen. And the law of compounding, which is what Albert Einstein referred to as the eighth wonder of the world, 
The funny thing about that is the little things you do every day, you don't see, they're almost invisible in terms of the improvements they make. But over time, let's take the example, if you made 1% improvement in whatever you decide to do every day, at the end of the year, you're 356% better than what you were at the start. If you take that concept, and it's, it's a lot of people have said to me, how do, you, how do you manage to be able to do what you do on the piano in such short space of time? I said, every day for a minimum of half an hour, I'm tinkling the ivories every day without fail. It's like having th- three meals a day. And conversely, because those things are easy to do, but also easy not to do, the downhill exponential curve can also take you in the wrong direction. So little things every day for the long-term goal is, and each choice that you make, you know, this is a a big thing for me is helping to people live by design, not by default. What I mean by that is to live with intent. So every one of us, every second of every day is investing our time, our energy, and our money in something. Now, we might be conscious or we might be unconscious of doing that, But if we shift our consciousness so that every decision we're making is based on, is this taking me closer to where I want to be and closer to the impact I want to make on the world or further away, suddenly we've got a magnet that's attracting us to get to where we are, but also a compass to make sure that uh, we're making those decisions to make sure it's, it's taking us there rather than taking us off on a tangent. Does that make sense? It definitely makes sense. I mean, it's it really is the small things over time, the habits that you cement, and then having patience to to see it through. You know, I think it's. I mean, you're a podcaster, so I mean, I'm sure you know most shows never make it past episode eleven. You know, people expect success immediately, but it's not true. It takes it takes a long time, and that is absolute fact. No matter what you're pursuing, and you know, it's especially important. You know, when you're talking about building wealth through property investing, that's a long-term game. That's not something that's going to happen overnight. And that's true in, in really anything that is worthwhile and worth doing. You know, Our health, our relationships, it's all about the little actions that we take every single day that build into the big results. So completely agree. And then lastly, Bushy, what is the best piece of advice related to happiness that you would give our listeners? It's something I've always believed, Dorothy. Happiness is a choice, not a situation or a circumstance. So you can decide to be happy. It's easier for some to make that decision than others, but it is a state of mind and it becomes magnetic. It's, you know, I I guess the law of attraction I I do believe in and what you give out is what you get back. So if, if you start by deciding to be happy and then giving gratitude to all the positive things that you have got. And if you think hard enough, even when you're in tough times or in your dark times, there are still good things that you can uh, give thanks for, then that will become a magnet that brings more of the same. Great advice. So Bushy, as you know, here on the show, I have what I like to call the do well and do good challenge. This is where I encourage our listeners who want to give back to contribute to the nonprofits that are nominated by our guests. So could you tell me what organization that you'll be nominating for your episode? Yeah, I think in the context of Golden Smiles, Dorothy, because I've debated this, I think living rough and doing it tough is something that is having a meaningful impact on the voiceless and innocent in terms of the abandoned dogs, but also the homeless in our society who will quite often end up there for no, no other reason than circumstance. So the living rough and doing it tough, I think, is doing great things to give hope and companionship to people who end up in that situation. 
that's certainly the group that I think deserves a lot more support to make an increasing impact in that area. I absolutely love it. Well, we will link to that organization in the show notes so everyone can go find all of the info there. And Bushy, I know that your book, The Freedom Formula, is available on Amazon. Your show, Get Invested, is on iTunes and wherever someone might be listening to this podcast. But before we say goodbye, is there anywhere else our listeners should go to learn more about you, about know-how, and to follow your content? Probably just the website, I think, uh, would be a good place. So uh, that's www.khgroup.com.au. Uh, you can have a quick look on bushymartin.com.au as well, which is where the podcasts currently reside. And I, I will just close in saying that Get Invested is not about investing in property. Get Invested is investing your time, your energy, and your money in things that are worthwhile to you and being conscious and intentional about how you live your life. So live by design, don't live by default. Amazing, everyone. Definitely, as soon as you press stop on this episode and this interview, head over and listen to Get Invested. It is an absolute amazing show that I know you're going to get a ton of value from. Bushy, thank you so much for being here today. You seriously have a heart of gold. And I know I am blown away by everything you're doing and our listeners will be too. So thank you. Thank you, Dorothy. It's been a real pleasure and uh, love the work you're doing. Keep doing it, please. All right, everyone, that's our show. Now, before I sign off, I want to introduce any new listeners to how the Do Well and Do Good Challenge works. There are two ways that you can participate. The first is if you are looking to do more to give back, I encourage you to contribute to any of the nonprofits nominated by my guests. Send a screenshot of your receipt to challenge at dowellanddogood.co and your donation will be included in our monthly tally of the tangible impact this podcast is having. The second way you can participate is absolutely free and that's by voting. See, in the first couple days of each month, we host a vote inside of our free Facebook community to determine which of the nonprofits nominated the month before that I will then donate a portion of my advertising agency's profits to. It's an awesome way to make your voice heard, and we've been able to raise money for some incredible organizations doing good in the world. So if you'd like to be a part of it, then head over to dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook, where you'll find a link to join the group. Once you're inside, I'm also sharing tips, ideas, resources, and more to help you both increase your income and your impact. We're having so much fun inside there. So head over again to dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook, and I'll see you on the inside. It means the world to me to earn your time. So thank you so much for listening.